Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Bit Effect. This time it's Bioshock 2. now that that tomfoolery is taken care of. So, this is Bioshock 2, and this is kind of a sequel to Bioshock 1, because we will draw comparisons at some point, so you may want to listen to the Bioshock 1 if you can stomach us for that long. So, with me in this bathosphere of terror and pain is Luke. Hello. Mike. Hello, David. Hello, Michael. And Craig. Hello. So to start us off on on this little excursion is going to be Luke will give us the stats. <laughs> I've totally fucked this up. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I had one job. You <laughs> <laughs> had one job. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So Bioshock Two, uh, developed by Two K Marin, uh, published by Two K Games. Released in February 2010 on the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3, and the PC, and was then later ported to the Mac. Uh, and it came out in the Bioshock Collection in September 2016, and it runs on the Unreal Engine 2.5. Thank you for finally doing your job. <laughs> if I remember right, wasn't it actually created by uh, something like five different companies? If I remember right, yeah, it was it was kind of a collaborative thingy. But Is it I like think two K Marin, two K this, two K this, two K Liverpool, two K Sydney, two K <laughs> yep. Liverpool, yeah. And do we also include here not um, not endorsed by Levino? Yes, we do because that's the best thing about it. Mm. <laughs> so, out of that plethora of systems, guys, when did you come to this, and what did you play it on? I love doing this. <laughs> Every time. Oh my gosh. We're now accepting <laughs> applications for new bit effects. <laughs> I um, always forget. Is, well, you mean an originally back What did you play it originally on? I mean, because, you know, we'll state over the course of the show what we played it on now. All right. Okay. Uh, the 360. I played this in the 360. I played it on the PlayStation 3, and it was my first Bioshock game. Yeah, as as a game that was released day and date for the PlayStation 3 this time, that's the platform I played this on. I played it uh, release day. Oh, we got a wide breadth of stuff in here, because I played it on PC the first time I played it. Oh, I wow. don't know who's playing games on a Mac, but that's that's just wrong. <laughs> so, gentlemen, we we had a discussion about this last time, and Bioshock 2 is a very contentious game especially between our group right because we all have different ideas of what where it goes in the place things so mm-hmm. i i would posit that we hash that out this time but more importantly let's let's talk about the game itself first and since nobody else wanted to do it i get the story overview and since Thanks, i'm Dave. Qu- quite lazy uh the story overview is this You play as Subject Delta, who has been imprinted upon a little girl named Eleanor. Eleanor is then taken from you, and you shoot yourself in the head because you can't deal with the stress of life anymore. But then you awaken to find out somebody splattered your DNA all over a Vita chamber, and you're now on a quest to get Eleanor back from the evil mad scientist lady with the glasses. Sophia Lam. Sophia Lam. That's her name. So, insert Sophia Lamb instead of Mad Scientist Lady with the glasses. The game takes place eight years after the first Bioshock, so things are even more of a cluster. Yes. So, gentlemen, cracking right into it. What are your first impressions of Bioshock 2? How how did you get on with it? What what are you talking here? So, to start off with... uh Bioshock 1 was a brilliant game. 
there was no real necessary reason to to proceed with a sequel, from in my opinion. However, the idea from the off of basically you being a big daddy is something that you definitely would have wanted to do from playing the first game. Um, I thought it straight away tries to do things like, you know, immersing more in the water, literally, you know, you're walking around underwater for sections of the game. And they're very brief sections, but these are all little parts which sort of distinguish it from the first game. Um, Otherwise, I think it was a bit strange for me because it felt more like the Big Daddies, for me, they don't have a huge amount of personality. And being thrown in as a Big Daddy, it makes you wonder, how exactly can this story unfold? But uh, we'll talk about that later. All right, thank you, Mike. Although, out of curiosity, do you think, I mean, Jack really didn't have a lot of personality either. So for me, it wasn't that big of a hurdle to get over. Cause... It is in a way, but there's not as much... Uh... There's a there's a strange line to cross it. I mean, the whole idea of being on a plane, suddenly, you know, having a plane crash, waking up in, well, basically going up onto a new island, into a, a lighthouse, compared to a quite sort of, I, I wasn't 100% sure whether it was like a demo reel to kick off the game, to be honest. So I was sort of feeling a bit on edge thinking, not sure who this character is. And I mean, you've, you know, you've got your preconceptions from the first game. So you're already yeah. expecting twists straight away from the very first second you start the game. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I couldn't, you know, I couldn't comfortably rest myself with a character for a little while, you know, because once once you've seen the trick done in the first game, you're always going to be on edge. You're always going to think, you know, everything's a, everything has a chance to surprise. So that's that sort a good of point. Well, robs it of its that. potential in a way. But yeah. Good point. All right, Luke, you're up. So when I originally jumped into this game, um, I tried the first one, didn't get on. I actually hired them both at the same time from Love Film. Um, and I put in the first one and the audio balancing thing kind of put me off. So I put in the second one and just kind of fell in love with the world. And um, I, I got really, really pulled into it. I think I completed it in two sittings the first time I did it. Which is is quite unlike me. So, um, yeah, I I didn't have any preconceptions, or you know, I didn't know about the twist from the first one. Uh, I didn't feel like I needed to. I mean, there was references to it that I understand now after playing the first one. But um, yeah, it's it, it pulled me in really quickly. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what are your were your first impressions coming back to this, or, or your the first time? Um, just that, yeah, I love the world. I, I, I just absolutely love it. I love the whole premise of being under the ocean and, you know, you're in a, you're in a, a city that's been ravaged by, by a civil war and this weird splicer drug abuse thing. There's, there's these huge guys in like tin suits escorting little girls around that look creepy as shit. Yeah. It's a, uh, it just really grabbed me. I've said the same thing four times in a row. <laughs> That's good. That's good though. Um, my my first impression, I had a much easier ride in this time because the the last time I played this was on the three sixteen. It was the first time I used a gamepad for it. Before that, it was a PC game to me. So playing it now, it was a much smoother transition. Um, all those things that Luke just said about the world and all that are the things that I love about this game. But I got that from the first game which is probably the thing that I noticed the most, was it kind of just feels... Just the world itself, it's the kind of same feeling to it, and it's the same graffiti and the same enemy types, and there's a wee bit... Well, there's wee changes here and there, but it feels like a continuation of the first game, and it's kind of nice and comforting and friendly, and it plays... That's the first time I've heard Rapture. Comforting and friendly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's comforting and friendly, as in moving from one to two. Like you know if you what jump you're into, into infinite, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it, the game, the mechanics, and the game itself is so much better than the first game. It's a noticeable improvement in control, 
and just wee tweaky bits that happened in the first game that you might have thought, oh, oh my God, not again. Like the auto-aim veering off to the side of that doesn't happen in this at all. And it's really nice. It's just it's a lot crisper to control. My first experience was my friend bought it and played it first. And he said, dude, you have to see this. And, you know, he sent me a link to that sizzle reel in the beginning where you shoot yourself in the head. And as, cause I mean, I liked Bioshock, but I wasn't chomping at the bit for a sequel. Cause like Mike I was like, what are they going to do? And as, as soon as I saw that sizzle reel, I was like, Oh, Oh yeah, I need to get this. Cause this, this looks cool. So that was pretty much all it took as for like coming back to Rapture. Yeah, you're right, Craig. It just kind of feels like you're putting on an old pair of jeans. Everything just yeah. fits really nice. So Craig mentioned the mechanics and what has changed. Out of curiosity, did anybody have any difficulty with the change mechanics at all? Or was it, again, just kind of like, well, I know what I'm going for? It felt it felt like how the first one should have played. It felt like it played like it should feel how it plays, if that makes any sense. It just worked. So um, That's a good yeah. way of putting it, yeah. Yeah. I, c- I can't think of any other way to articulate that. It just feels right. I don't know. It's been a while since I played the first one, but you know the the character feels a lot slower. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this as well, and I think it fitted quite well. Like, um, especially you know, like you're moving around and you can hear the big suit like clunking around. And ah, oh, yeah. If you take a hit, you'll hear the 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 big daddy groan. Um, yeah. It 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 does a really good job of making you feel like you're in that suit straight away. I think at one point, actually, I was running along, uh, slowly run- jogging along, I suppose, and I had a spotlight and turned around, saw my own shadow, yeah, and cool. instantly had a panic. Ah, oh, there's a big daddy! <laughs> oh, wait, that's me. That's me. Whew. Um, But yeah, so, so this doesn't feel as old as the first one. I mean, no duh, it was made later, but all the stuff mm. that made the first one feel old and kind of, oh, it's from its era... I didn't really yeah. have that problem anymore. No, no, not not really. Yeah. Mike, what about you? Did you have a problem mm. with any of the mechanics or slipping right into it? Um, I thought that when you're traversing through the water as a big daddy, if you jump, the sound he makes when his feet touch the floor is absolutely irritating for me. I don't know why it's the exact same sound it plays every time, but... I try to avoid jumping just to avoid it. Apart from that, it's all fine. <laughs> but that's that's getting my Mister Negative out the out the way early. That's perfectly fine. Um, as for for being a big daddy, I I think you're right. It does make you really feel like a big daddy. And some of the the things that really work towards that are, of course, you know the way your UI looks and all that nonsense. But the weapons they give you. Hmm. I, I really like how they, yeah, they all feel like Big Daddy weapons, except for until you get on oh, later, yeah. like the spear gun and the shotgun. and mm-hmm. But that rivet gun, like like I used the rivet gun the entire game. Yeah. Hmm. Um, did you guys, out of curiosity, how did everybody play? Uh, electric shock and drill. Okay, so you went, you went standard. Yep. Uh, yeah, I was either the shotgun or the rivet gun, uh, and I used the freeze, the is it Winter's Grasp uh, plasma, oh, yeah. which froze them and saw oh, then, then you lose your loot. You're missing out on all those yeah, three dollars. I didn't realize that until has. like near the end of the game when I ran out of ammo, and I was like, wait, is this <laughs> Actually, do you know what? The rivet gun is very good, It's and it's the mechanics are at a point where you can purposefully aim for headshots. Yeah. So you, there's one of the one of the things you get um, does more damage if you do a headshot, but the noise you get a wee ping when you get a headshot, and it's just delightful. So that's that's one major thing that I just it just made me smile. Ping. Yes. <laughs> well, the truth about this game is that it does cater for the the OCD people out there. So if you like to take pictures of all of your enemies. And shoot spears <laughs> at their heads, collect those spears and take them back along with you on a journey. You can preserve mm-hmm. everything you want. However, yeah. for the person who likes to waste a bit of that bit of fuel, the drill is a charm, especially with its dash. And yeah. 
Uh, see, gentlemen, I'm going to have to disagree and say that you've all played absolutely wrong. Because I don't if know you're if you're going to say aware, the bees. But if you... as you may know, a, a true gentleman does indispose his enemies with bees before turning them inside out with a good blast from a shotgun. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys played absolutely wrong. I mean, it's all about the bees, man. Bees! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the entire game, uh, as, as soon as I started, I'm like, all right, let's get to the bees, get to the bees, get to the bees. I don't think I used because the bees. What happens when you use um, them? I've never used them. That's two okay, games. So, I've never used so them. So it does a DOT, right? You just kind of go, cool, my children. And they spread out in a cloud. And they will just kind of indispose enemies, like crowd control, while doing damage hmm. over time. So you can just walk around and plink, plink, plink. Except you really don't plink with a shotgun. You're more like with a shotgun. I like like Dishonored Rats. Yeah, kind of. Except when you up... Uh, that is a new mechanic for this. You can upgrade your plasmids. And when you upgrade mm. your, your lovable little bastards to level three, when it kills an enemy, it makes a nest in its body that acts as a trap. And when an enemy walks oh, near wow. it, they go, oh, bees! And then they get more bees. So the more you kill with the bees, the more traps there are laid for the next people that come. Uh, okay. I'm just thinking of uh, Nicolas Cage and the Terrible Wicker Man <laughs> remake. Bees! They're in my eyes! <laughs> Yeah, so uh, one of the big changes from this that uh, the bees actually work really well in is more times than not, you will have to kind of post up a defense and mm. hold a certain area or protect a little sister from while she's uh, uh, harvesting. There we go. Sorry. And I found that uh, those were my most fun parts of the game. Like, I love setting traps for people. Yeah, that that was one of the best bits for me as well. Um the rivet gun has a, a special type of ammo where you can put like a trap. It's a rivet trap. And if anybody jumps over it, they, they get shot by it. Um, that was quite fun. I also liked the, the spear gun had like a, you could like set a wire that had a, Oh yeah. Like a trip wire. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was good fun. Um, and the, the hat gun had, um, the option to drop a turret later on in the game. So you could drop a little turret that would just gun down enemies and stuff. Um, and then you're, Again, you could also hack, uh, like, cameras and, like, flying turrets or terminal turrets. It, it was really cool. Like, uh, I had a lot of fun setting that up. And I don't know about you guys, but I like to be, like, a bit of perfectionist with that sort of stuff. So quite often I'd, like, I'd kick off the encounter and then I'd... um. I'd see where the enemies were coming from, and then I'd reload. Oh, you so could oh, <laughs> oh my god! I need oh, to get that perfect kill. That oh that my. is the worst. Did, get off my show. Did you no, get the trophy? There's nothing. Did you get the? Yeah, yeah. There's there's yeah. nothing more frustrating than setting up a trap and finding that all the enemies are coming from behind you or like from some <laughs> other angle that you've not thought about. And oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, no, because that, that leads to some right. of the most fun. You got to think on your feet. You, you were going to go with plan A, but crap, now it's plan C. That, mm. That's, that, that's yeah. the fun part. I mean, I finished it, but then I went back and did it again because it was so much fun. That's, that's what Okay, all right. That's, that's, that's acceptable. But um, okay, so I we just like went I over. I out because I just harvested all the little sisters. Did what? you really? No. <laughs> I was going to say, wow. That's a nice 180. So so we glossed over two very important mechanics here that have changed. Mm -hmm. uh, number one is the hacking. Don't see that, see that hacking, see that everybody's golf thing. I hate it. <laughs> just uh, just get off my show, out there. Get out. Get out. Yeah, just give me it. that over the pipe thing. And oh, it, pipe, dream, pipe dream 100% of the time. Uh, well, it's see, a game. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a it's a game. Pipe Dream is a game, so you get to play a tiny wee fun game inside a bigger fun game. This is just, oh, X at the right time, X at the right time. Uh, yep, yeah, I'll get the blue okay. one for an extra drop. But, but you see, Craig, Pipe Dream stops the world. Like, yeah, everything yeah. freezes when you enter Pipe Dream. That's not fun. If you had to do Pipe Dream while you were getting shot, that would be fun. Be having to play everybody's golf while mm -hmm. getting shot <laughs> is the most fun, tense thing ever. Especially if you get it wrong and then you take damage from the turret. And you're like, come well, on, yeah. come on, come on. Uh, I, I think this is worlds ahead of Pipe Dream. I mean, you're right. Memorable moments-wise, our most memorable moment is trying to hack a safe 
while being shot. I'm just hacking the safe for the sake of it. And I'm like, get the <laughs> away from me. I want to hack this safe. Um, and nearly dying because of that. That That's good. And it is fun. I just prefer, I prefer Pipe Dream. I'm sorry. Right. You're an outcast. Uh, Mike, Luke, what side of the fence do you fall on? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the, the Peggle. The, sorry, the The Peggle? The Peggle? The Peggle? <laughs> Craig is playing the limited edition. I've got got the PlayStation store open. Oops. I'm going to go with the Everybody's Golf version. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But Peggle would have been a better one, right? Peggle Peggle would have been interesting. (laughs) Who designed these systems? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. That's good. <laughs> uh, what about you, Mike? Yeah, I, I I think it's good. I think it's good, to be honest. I like both. Um, but in this case, you know, being in the heat of stuff, especially when alarms are going off all around you, it makes what seems like quite an easy puzzle a lot more tricky. And, you know, when you when you hit the button and it lands just outside of the, the green zone, it's that, or blue zone, it's absolutely infuriating if it sets off an <laughs> alarm. It's it's to the point where you'll be spamming that button over and over, thinking you've got some sort of amazing skill at timing when you find out it's all completely gone and you are being blasted to bits. It's uh yeah, very tense. Mm. And um, you know, I, I forgot how enjoyable it was. And that's all right. I, I th- it adds to a lot more um kind of the theme of this it's a lot more action heavy than the first, I found. Yeah. Like, there are a lot more scrambling around trying to stay alive while killing things moments in this than I had with one where you kind of, you know, you walk up, you set up the encounter. In this, I scrabbled a lot more than I did in the first one. Yeah, come to think of it, you know, the first game, it's a lot of sort of, you know, like Resident Evil kind of like where you also get maybe two or three enemies at a time, max, and then. Yeah, like considered action. You can, I mean, you know, despite. You know, the 360 and PS3 having points where they drop lockboxes all over the place to simulate where they were and things like that. It's like, you, you do get quite a number of, of enemies about. You can have, like, what, maybe five or six on a screen at once? That yeah. Pretty, well, pretty you, you've just reminded me of my question. The lockboxes, I hate, I absolutely hate that. Did that happen in the first one? Because I can't remember for the life of me, people just before your eyes turning into lockboxes. No, this was to get around uh, system limitations, I believe. So ah, right. I think it's because this time they were making it, you know, with the PS3 at the same time, because it, the first game is quite notorious for being a bit, you know, a, a bit of a stinker on the PS3, to be honest. And yeah. I think... They did the same with this one, but they sort of faxed it in straight away. So I think all versions okay. have the lockbox thing built in, just to uh, you know have less less corpses about. Yeah. And I think they they use that to good effect because there are sometimes we're in a very small environment, right? Like, do you remember when you're going up uh, trying to get to the preacher? Yeah. Oh, um, the the, that, the stairways. Like, stairway. Yeah. yeah. There mm. were way more than five or six at once. It felt like. And then so on top I, of that, they also ha- actually have inactive enemies all the way around you know you'll see one pinned against the wall somewhere these are just you know the full model there so it's like they try to throw a lot around to be honest as a as an upgrade over the first game yeah uh, yeah and that like stairway where you had the uh the klaxons going you had the the uh siren lights going i mean the dynamic shadows that were being thrown off them suckers that was really impressive in that hectic of an area so i'm perfectly okay with them switching into little loot containers yeah, I just struggle true, to yeah. see them, if I'm honest. Oh, well, that's why you walk mm. around smashing X the entire time, going, I think somebody died <laughs> roughly right, okay, in this yeah. area. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I would like to point out is security, right? So, like, the cameras, the turrets, the little little bots that do the beep, 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 and then shoot you in the face. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they, were, they really doubled down on security this time. <laughs> Heavily. Heavily. I think yeah. a security firm went in after the events of the first <laughs> And they are now the uh, massive mega corporation behind it all by the sounds of it. Yeah. And if you were the salesman that managed to get the rapture contract, well, good on you, sir. 
Good on you. Uh, I yeah, hope it so- was done with some sort of Simpsons monorail-esque <laughs> song. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. But yeah, so I found it a lot easier to justify having some of those security, pla- not platonics, on my character this time as opposed to last time where I was like, eh, I'll just blow it up, whatever. I don't need that tonic. So uh, another thing we glossed over in the beginning. Oh, I'm sorry, Luke. I don't know about you guys, but at the start of each level, um, I purposely went and found a terminal and failed the hacking on it so that two of the, the, the flying turrets would come out and then I'd hack them. Oh, you're so just the worst person. Me. No, no, it's <laughs> great because you just run around and like those two thi- things would do majority of the killing for you. So do you not waste yeah. your hacking darts though. Or do you just make sure you're close enough? But you can you can nab them in the air with X. Mm. Look, Luke, if you want things to do your work for you, you play you know the witch doctor or you play warlock. (laughs) This is not that. All right, Uh, I I I did that at first. Like I'd like to have a full security salvo with me, but towards the end, it started just be more of a hassle than it was worth. Mm. So yeah, I can completely understand that. Oh, so what I was saying was, little sisters. Not only have they absolutely redesigned them, which I think works with the story, and I'm sure we'll touch on that later, but they now are an actual mechanic. So every time you either harvest them or rescue them, if you rescue them, you can help them go on harvest runs where they go get Adam. How did you guys feel about this? I thought it was good. It's good because you can get extra Adam if you put the effort in. If you don't, you just walk up to a tube and chuck them in it. <laughs> get in there. <laughs> Back in your hole. I think I think this is a, a good point. The first time I played this game, I really, I really saw this as complete transparent filter. Uh, well, not filter, sorry, filler for the game. Um. And, and this time around, you know, you're right. It, it is nice having a little arena-based sort of uh, trap-oriented shooting section. And um, no, it's, it's cool. I think I think that addition does add depth to bits. Because, you know, a lot of games you get beautiful set pieces. It all looks amazing. And then when you get down to it, you're like, I finished this section. There's nothing else to do here. This one, you know, it opens new doors because it's not the exact same sort of enemy placement that you would have had before. So I think having these little harvest runs is, you know, a, a, a lovely little uh, optional thing. But initially, I remember it being really, really boring. So I'm surprised to come back to it to see that it was actually, you know, my brain played tricks on me. It is, it is fun stuff. Yeah, it, it's what you said about set pieces, right? It's nice because they give you an environment and say, here, you make a set piece with your traps. Mm. And there you go. Yeah, I personally really enjoyed it. I mean, I towards the end when you're getting that tunnel vision to finish the game, I found it a little bit of a chore. But I think that's more because, you know, come on, I want to get to the end. Yeah. The last one, the last little sister, I didn't, I didn't bother doing it. I just went and chucked on the tube straight away and just cr- carried on with it. It's cool the way that, you know, after you've you've saved all the little sisters on a mission, a big sister will turn up. So you know that you've got to you've got to plan an an encounter, lay down traps, but this encounter's also got to leave you enough ammo or health to deal with a big sister who can be quite challenging, especially if you've like I accidentally shot a big daddy that walked past as a big sister was attacking me. <laughs> and I had had both of them on me. Mm-hmm. So I managed to take them both out, but then I had no ammo left to do anything else. Um, do you find do you find um one odd thing about it is as a big daddy, you don't seem to have as much health as every other big daddy you've ever encountered. I found I've never noticed. Well remember, <laughs> you, know I mean? you're, you sir, you're you're a prototype. You're not pr- full production model. So that's why. Okay. Uh, that's well reasoned out dave you seem to play a lot more mindful than i do because i'm just like let's do the little sister and then and then you kill everybody and then you see the the big sister and go ah crap where'd i leave those bullets and you go running down four or five different hallways where you know you killed people (laughs) and you you just kind of scrabble for the ammo i i don't do plans that's that's awful Oh no, I, I was totally prepped for a fight. Like I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't start the last encounter until I knew I had enough ammo to take out Jeez, I want to be with you when the end of the world happens. Yeah, I'll get my scuba diving gear out. <laughs> so 
how do you guys feel about having an almost nemesis level enemy that just follows you and and hounds you the entire game? Did you guys like that? Yeah, I find it quite disturbing, especially like like the big sister just before she arrives. You get like your vision alters um, and you get like these weird sound effects going on as you can. It's almost like it's screaming at you when it's coming. Um, yeah, I find that really, really intriguing. I um I wish if I could change one thing about this is that it wouldn't be so set standard when she's going to show up. I would rather have like a Mr. X or a nemesis where boom, just bust through a wall and you're like, ah, oh, crap. And you either run or you fight. I, I would like it if they did a little more than that, because like you said, it's, it's kind of, okay. I know when I kill this last guy, the big sister's yeah. going to show up. I think that would have added a, another layer of suspense to it and definitely would have enjoyed that more. All right, well, all I need is about $500,000. I'll kick jump it right away. <laughs> Dave LeVay. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, uh, what about you, Mike, Craig? I mean, were you fans of the, the little sister fight or the big sister fight? Little sister fights would be very easy. I quite enjoyed it because of the way the big sister moves and the way the, the way it kind of stalks you and the way it moves. And it's kind of more, it's quite jarring to see something in that suit but move more fluidly. And I think yeah, it's like it fighting Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, it works really well in a really creepy way because it, it just feels like something's up here and it adds to the tension. Um, plus, you know, you've run out of drill fluid and drill fluid, drill fuel and all your ammo. So yeah, there is that kind of craziness. I didn't plan for anything. To be honest, when I was doing the harvest runs, I didn't even lay any traps for the most part. I just kind of stood by the little sister with my drill ready to drill anyone that approached her. Oh, so you're playing tower some, defense mode. Pre- pretty much, yeah. And I've, <laughs> I've tower defense mode, and I've only got one placement, and it's my drill. See, when you were using the drill, was it the, the drill charge you were using, or just, like, the the normal, like, drilling just into Just nor- normal drilling all the way. There's something, all... there's something so satisfying about that, like, um, like especially the way the enemies kind of, like, they almost pulse as they're getting yeah. <laughs> torn to I mean, shreds. You get a couple of the tonics for um, extra d- drill damage. One of them is a f- it freezes enemies as you're drilling them, and then oh, they just yeah. explode. It's absolutely it's unstoppable. The only problem is the fuel, but you know, there's plenty plenty of lying about the place. I was never fully sure about the I was never fully sure about the freezing drill thing because I always thought. Does it destroy the body, and does it mean you don't you get less pickups or something? Is it like a trade off there? But I'm not I'm not 100 yeah, sure on the whole free freeze angle of gameplay. But it you know feels satisfying anyway, smashing someone to pieces. Yeah. So hey, that's that's what how you do it in Demolition Man. So um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the cool thing about the, the big sister for me is that I I thought you know um when you look at some of the designs in these sort of uh, quite early sort of unreal games you i always think of um you know kingpin on the pc where they've got like big beefy characters who've got like you know shoulders as big as as the length of my body (laughs) it's like and and i thought in this case it felt it felt like the the big sister stood out as being like a you know just a really well designed thing i know i know everyone always talks about elizabeth in bioshock infinite but not everybody well, some people, but but coming back to you know coming back to this game, she's you know she's well well made character and and you know the sensibilities around that character sort of liken me a bit more to being you know, maybe like something off Metal Gear or something like that. I don't know, um, but it's, you know, brilliant brilliant direction there. I thought um, you know definitely a standout piece. There's not. Because uh, mm-hmm. at the other end of the spectrum, you've got something which has plagued me f- since I first played the game, which is the uh, the brute splicer, which I thought was a, a bit of an abomination, and I'm sure that's how it's yeah. supposed to be. But it's something about that character and its model and everything just didn't gel with me. So it's nice to have have the the big sister there, you know, rectifying the balance from the uh, design perspective. How did you guys find the spider splicer? You know, like the one that like, oh, the hook throwers. The yeah, those things cool. are freaky. Pretty cool in, a, in an odd sort of Slenderman way. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I I I think out of the whole like like well, unlike Mike, I really like the brute splicers. Um, hmm. 
I like to pretend it's Jason Statham running to give me a hug instead of (laughs) trying to bash my face. But um, for the most part, I like the new enemies. I kind of a little disappointed when I saw the Houdini splicers and stuff like that. It's like, ah, you could have left that in the first one. Let's stick with all new ones. Uh, Hmm. Did it bother you guys to see enemies from one? It did me a wee bit. That was one of the things that kind of kept on. It was in the back of my mind, as well as being in the same environment and that. It was wee things like Houdini Spicer pops up, and they don't even pop up that often enough to justify them being in there. It feels as if they were like, oh, guys, we need another end. I'll copy and paste in there and just put them, spread them a wee bit about through the game. It was, it didn't, it took away more than it added having them in it, and it just threw, threw that back in my face of this is just like Bioshock 1.5. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense as well. I mean, it's been eight years since the the previous game. You'd think that like they'd be like more mutated or their clothes would be even more like tarnished, but it does feel like a copy and paste. Yeah, if they had replaced Houdini splicers with something like Darren Brown splicers, David <laughs> illusions or something. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. It's like I'm gonna make Rapture disappear. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that is that is a bit of a ding that you can put towards this game. But on the same token, I can see, well, they're, this is a very, very realized world. And okay, well, we know they exist here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I kind of see it both ways. But I would have preferred some new mutations, uh, kind of like Ninja Turtles, the next mutation. So one thing you just said, Craig, that really kind of tweaked me a bit was one didn't feel like a fully realized city. This, to me, feels more like, okay, this feels like a city. You know, you have your amusement parks, you have your engineering departments, you have all this different stuff that feels like it's an actual city, whereas I don't think one felt as much of a city. Good for you. <laughs> that was that that was the best possible thing you could have said there Craig that was genius <laughs> so for you guys is is there a difference between the way one felt maybe better or worse than two I think this is this is going to have to be my point of contention on it which is that I just don't think it gels as well as the first game I think the you know the the seams are a bit more transparent in this one. It feels like you, you know, just basically from loading screens, you feel like you're going straight from one bit completely to a new place. And it, it you know, it's a bit jarring for me because I, I thought the first game again, you know, it might just be because it was the first game, but it felt a lot more seamless to me. So yeah, and the first know. one as well, it feels a lot more open because because of the bathysphere system, you mm. can jump back and forward. Whereas this felt two feels much more linear. You're on a monorail for a start. How did they monorail. install a monorail in monorail. eight years? That's well, you don't know monorail. if it was there or not because you're you were in a different part of the city. Well, you don't you, go back to like you know. What's well, it then called? Bioshock. Then that's the the rationalization for that is Bioshock. You were in the sticks. You were just outside the city limits. No, because mate, were you? I, I don't know. I yeah, we'll take. I that. don't know. That I'm make, making up. Um, but the, <laughs> this Bioshock Two does feel more linear. It feels like you're on the monorail. You get to a level. You've got a, a, an NPC that's a fairly key player that you've got to do something for, and then you come back to the monorail, move on, and that happens like three or four times on the trot. And it's it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. It's just different. When I played Bioshock 1, it felt like I was playing an old PC game. But when I play Bioshock 2, it feels like I'm playing a game that was made for a console. And that's all down to the level design. Bioshock 1 was like, you know, you could you could explore just about anywhere and everything seemed to tie in like real architecture. Whilst this place, it, it felt like boxes or layers upon layers that were there to, to get you from point A to point B. And once you left that area, that was it. You weren't you weren't going back to it. I mean, even warned you that, but um, mm-hmm. I think I prefer Bioshock. 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 Wow. <laughs> Bioshock. No need for final Bioshock. thoughts, I guess. Bioshock. Heston Blumenthal edition. <laughs> Under the sea. Yeah, I think I prefer Bioshock 1's <laughs> level design. And- Shock. <laughs> Shock. 
Um, yes. Now, see, here's where I say you're all wrong. Because I think Bioshock 2 plays way more into... The level design plays into the story more than Bioshock 1 did. Because when you're playing as either Johnny Topside or Subject Delta, whichever you like, your whole mission is to get to Eleanor. You don't care about anything else. You just... Mm, Laser focused on that. And that's what the game plays like. You're not interested in looking around and finding the story behind this place. You don't care. You just want Eleanor. And so that's why I feel it it does feel like a linear line with branches. Because it's it's you go on that linear line until, ah, crap, I have to go do something. And then you go do something and who cares? Back to Eleanor. So for me, I think mm. it played into the story a little better than the first one did. But I think the one the one bone of contention to that is that if if the first game does have something of a light uh, Metroid Metroid style route into its maps, um, the weird thing for me is that I think is it Fontaine Futuristics you go into just before you go to Persephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is Good the memory. only instance that I noticed of it deciding to try and throw a bit of that style in just to say, hey, it's still here. Basically, you go into Fontaine Futuristics on your way out you come out and a door slides open under the sea to go into into the what will ultimately be the end of the game and that was the only time that you finally stop on your straight path go back and take a, take a little little right turn which wasn't there before and I thought it was quite you know it's, it's quite weird that it sort of makes that that choice it, considering every single path from there has been straight A to B A to B A to B then finally you back up come out and and it I don't know it just seemed it just left a bad taste on me that maybe it was trying to maybe their impression was to make it seem like it was a bit more you know of a, a traversable world and then they just suddenly went I don't know I, I mean I can't think of the reasoning behind it but it's, it just seems a bit odd I noticed this as well I I thought it was maybe to give some more audio diary stuff and like some <laughs> To tie it into the first one, yeah. because I noticed that it happened again near the end. Um, it felt like you'd got to the area where they were keeping the the new little sisters, and then all of a sudden you've got all these weird little bits that you can go and explore that didn't seem like you had in previous levels, full of like little snippets of information and little bits of backstory. Um, and I wonder if that's like they'd kind of created the game and they put that in afterwards to um. Just to make everything tie into the first one, really. Yeah, I, 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 I can actually agree with you guys because it felt like they created the game and then they made all the audio logs and then they ran out of places to put audio logs and went, uh, <laughs> all right, here, let's just make a new area. We'll put it in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I can totally see your point there. What do you guys feel about the way the tonics are done here? I like the fact that they give you so many more tonic slots. Oh, like God, you yeah. have so much stuff to do. It's an absolute blessing. And I still found myself having to switch out tonics at points, thinking, I've got so many tonic slots. How can I feel like I need all of these and more? <laughs> it's I ridiculous. Know, the first it's game gives you what, like eight? I think five. Was the first one? Five? Six. Jeez. Five or six, is it? Not in a row. I can't remember. Maybe it is eight. It's kind of cool because it gave so many different ways to play the game. And like just from listening to you guys, you guys have all played it differently. But just throughout my gameplay, I I played three or four different ways. Um, you know, at one point I ran out of ammo, so I changed all my plasmids so that I could scavenge and pick up health from doing different activities. I I uh, I changed to doing just like a, a drill specs because, again, I'd run out of ammo but I had loads of fuel on the, that. Um. I did one with the hacking so that I could hack loads of bots. Um, and then I, I did one that was more based on on the plasmids. Um, so it, it gives you that diversity and it makes you want to play it again or explore different yeah. different ways of play, which is really, really good in a, a single-player game. You've, you've actually just mentioned the single best tonic drill oh. specialist. Oh, no. No. Yeah. The single best tonic is when water touches you, you heal. In an underwater city, oh, yeah, best tonic great. ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many times I stood in a fountain. Water, right? the yeah. <laughs> I just didn't get damaged that much, so I never noticed that. Oh, oh, so. piss off! Some of us <laughs> fought like men, Craig. 
I think the tonics are, are an amazing thing. You know, um, the the greatest thing I think there is about them is that they're not any other game. If you give them a passive passive buff or something in, you know, like World of Warcraft things like that, it's always something that you know you think it's all right, but I could probably do without it. But in this case, they're all quite amplified, so it feels like, given the huge wide range of them, all of them seem to you know do a significant change to your character, yeah. and that's that's what's most appreciated. They don't. You know, it isn't an optional little thing. They are actually, you know, good, good active little upgrades along the way. Yeah, the one thing I can compare it to is like, oh, sorry, uh, like Fallout, where you'll pick perks, right? But they Mm. don't change the way you play. You're playing to your strengths with those perks. In this, tonics will change the way you play. It's not 0.2% more fire damage. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's, here's a new ability. Have fun with it. Yeah. If someone hits you, you will set them on fire. That sounds really handy. <laughs> did you did you try stacking those, by the way? Or if somebody yeah, hits you, yeah, you hit fire. Jeez, you hit and it's like a nuclear explosion every time somebody yeah. hits you. It's crazy. Because you, you get a tonic for fire, a tonic for the, the electricity and the other one, and then you get another tonic that does all three damage types. So you get a random chance of getting one of the damage types off that tonic plus the same percentage off the other one. Yeah, it, it, somebody hits you and it's just kaboom. It, it, <laughs> it is great stuff. And all, all compounded by the fact that you were saying there's such a good lighting system. The amount of neon lights you see flying around the screen during battle, especially when you're overdosed with all these tonics, is uh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the um, the hacking tool... The remote hacking tool. Oh, auto hacking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks amazing. It's like a 60s equivalent of what you would imagine a space ray gun would be, where we circle antenna and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, that actually brings something up to me. One thing I liked that um, one didn't do so much, well, the gunplay in one was kind of weak, but everything feels chunky in this. Like you slap on one of the mods, the power to the, the people mods on one of your guns. I love the way it mm-hmm. shows it integrate into the, the gun yeah. itself. But every gun, other than the spear gun, because I think spear gun is probably the most useless one other than traps, they feel good to shoot people with. Oh, I don't know. The spear gun uh, with the rocket spear. That oh, yeah. That is fun. I'll most... give it that. <laughs> so what, what I did with the enemies that I was fighting is I'd freeze them and I'd wait until they're away to unfreeze, fire the rocket into them, uh, so what that would do is when they unfreeze, the spear would continue shooting them at whatever direction. Hopefully they'll tag a couple of their mates and then explode. <laughs> it's really good doing that to a big sister as well, by the way, because they just go flying. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so would you guys say the gunplay is definitely more satisfying? Yeah. Yeah, it's far better. Uh, oh, great. One... I meant to ask. Yes. You, you had trouble with the first one with your saves. Did that happen at all in the second one? There is a bug with the PS4 remasters in that if your save files total more than 500 megabytes, it won't save anymore and it um, messes up the system. So I had to go in and delete a bunch of saves. So this time playing through, I just played with one save. But it's, it's odd. So if you saved and then it took it over that 500 megabyte mark, and then played for another half an hour, you wouldn't be able to save it. You'd have to go in and delete one of your previous saves. You couldn't even overwrite it. It's it's an interesting thing. I had a problem with saves in this game. Um, So I was trying to get as many trophies as I I could, and uh, one of them is to not die. Uh, And I noticed that the autosave broke because I had saved too many times in the second one. So... I died um, in, I was playing it on hard for a little bit, uh, and I died quite early on before I turned down the difficulty, and I, I went back to the autosave, and it said it didn't work, and I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? And again, the same thing as what Craig had said, I'd, I'd used up all the space, and it wasn't autosaving, but it wasn't telling me, which was quite frustrating, so to get that trophy, I would have had to go back four hours, and I thought, screw it. Oh, yeah. I love the, I died, uh, yeah, I was playing it on hard when I died. Oh yeah, the humble brag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Luke, one of your big problems with the first one was the audio balancing. Did you find this better or just as bad? Yeah, this was perfect. It, it just they, they whatever that lies. problem was, they sorted. <laughs> what? They did not sort it. 
they did not sort it at all because what happens when you play an audio log now is if you're playing the audio log you can hear it fine what you can't hear is the fact you're being attacked because it's muted I had my headphones on and I could hear that I couldn't hear a thing I had my ears open and I heard it fine Craig looks like the problem is you (laughs) (laughs) I I had problems with that therefore I am justified Actually, you know what? Now that you mention it, Craig, are there on-screen indicators when you get hit? I can't remember. Yeah, the screen flashes red. It doesn't do damage. like the directional Call of Duty thing, does it? No, I don't it think it does. Do I think the... it just... Yeah. Just oh, goes I, like I a... never got hit, so I, I wouldn't know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Were you playing on hard two? <laughs> I, I was on hardest. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, anything Uber. else? Oh, uh, one thing I would like to bring up here, but we're not going to go in depth on it until the second one is there are choices in this one, just like the first one, not just the uh, little sister choices. And we will discuss those choices in part two because they have to do with spoilers and story and all those icky things nobody wants to touch. So, thank you very much for listening. And if you would like to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us on Twitter and Facebook and google mail gmail thing uh yeah send us your thoughts on bioshock 2 or the next game that we're going to talk about but we'll say that on the next episode so i guess saying oh, that, it here doesn't help you at all dave that was totally <laughs> smooth that was, that was a class <laughs> stuff. shut up gentlemen and say good night good, good night, night. Good night.